Wolverine. Wolverine. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of the Examination Podcast, where we examine the Marvel comics that we both know and love. This week, once again, we have two issues from Don of X to discuss. First, Fallen Angels number one and X-Men number two. Joining me this week, the Arca- <laughs> Ericos to my Krakoa, it's Kelsey Struts. Yep. And Dane Renier. Nailed that pronunciation. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it on that later. Uh, as always, we have... Uh, a sh- great show to dive into and a few great issues to talk about. Um, but first, let's head into the news this week. Uh, yesterday, it's November 12th, which was the day that Stan Lee died. Any thoughts on Stan Lee, guys? It doesn't seem like it's been a year. Um, I recently watched the uh, uh, Captain Marvel movie. I hadn't watched it. And their little intro of just Stan Lee as the Marvel comics or marvel studios intro thing was kind of touching so that was pretty fascinating hmm. I, hmm. I haven't got to see that yet so now and, that I, and i don't know if it is just a captain marvel thing or if they did it for all of their stuff yesterday with the launch of disney plus do you watch did you watch yeah. that yesterday with disney plus yes okay uh-huh. <laughs> didn't waste any time well so no. you got on captain marvel yeah that's what you went with huh well, yeah, I mean, you know, I was, you know, my kids were around and stuff, and I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll watch this a little bit. I didn't finish it. I, I The uh, infinite history of Marvel and, and, and Disney at large, and your first destination was Captain Marvel. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Most of the other stuff. Yeah. I haven't seen it. That's, I plan on watching Captain Marvel in the next couple of days just because I haven't seen yeah. it yet. Yeah. Well, I guess that's have ki- <laughs> Have kids and then come talk to us. Yeah, run your mouth. <laughs> I, I do. Twenty two of them. Free time. But I will say it doesn't feel like it's been a year. If you would ask me how long ago it was that Stanley died, I probably would have said like six months. It it doesn't. I seem don't know. Like... At times you you also feel he's still alive. You're like, oh yeah, he is dead. That's true. That. Because I feel like he's still. I haven't. I don't. Exactly. I don't have seen a movie that he wasn't in that I was expecting him to be in. Was uh-huh. Was he in Endgame? Hmm. Yes. Yes, he was. He's a, he's back in time. He's in the seventies in the base. He's driving. Oh, I think you're right. You are right. You are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't think we've had a Marvel movie without him. Really, maybe maybe the new Spider Man. Uh, oh, far from home. I'm not sure. Maybe. No, is he not their bus driver? No, that's in that's in the original one. That's in Infinity War. Yeah. Well, um, definitely interesting. The Stanley is passing away. It's um, real sad, but you guys are right. He feels alive because of all that time and energy and effort he put in the making Marvel the brand it is. And you, you could even go watch the old shows, and he's like narrating the beginning of them. We're even stuff, getting that so. segment in all of the Dawn of X and the House of X, Powers of X. That we always get that Stan soapbox. I do really like. That. I do too. It's. Um, by the way, they chose not to have him in Far From Home due to declining health. Oh, okay. They thought Endgame was uh, uh, a more appropriate one to end him with. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I'll say this, like, dude, that guy, if you read up on, like, the drama he was going through towards Bro. the end, especially, yeah. I mean, it's brutal. Well, it sounds like he was a victim of elderly abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so sad because he was such like a happy, positive person. It's true. It's it's nice that I, I feel like in an era where you find out every childhood hero that you've had was somehow a terrible person. That a raper. Yeah, that there was something wrong with them. You know that that all of them did something dark behind closed doors. It's just like it's so nice that, that nothing has come out like that. That he just seemed to be a genuinely fun, creative guy. I mean, I, th- I think there are some people who thinks he he got a lot of credit for creating these initial Marvel characters that maybe he did or didn't have as much to do with as he got credit for. But I mean, I think he did amazing things. And I I personally I really want to see like a Stan Lee biopic. They did that big like Steve Jobs push for a while where there was like three Steve Jobs movies out. It's like, where's the Stan Lee? Who one? plays it, Stan Lee? Come. Give it time. Give it time. 
who plays Stanley? It's a, who's got that energy and that excitement? Yeah, like who's who's gonna bring sort of that? I don't know charisma in a way. Well, you'd have to have either you go with someone young and you just age them with makeup, or you well, because that's true. Uh, yeah, and I guess it kind of depends on whether you want to use one era or if you're going to try and show him through the eras. Because they also did that Bob Dylan movie where they used multiple actors. Right. I don't know. I'm trying to think about it. Apparently, when he was young, he didn't look unlike Tom Holland. Oh, he's actually... I actually... That ran across young, my young, mind, but... I've got a magazine, like a Life magazine or something dedicated to him. It has some of his younger army pictures yeah. and stuff. Yeah, he... He, I mean, he does, he does kind of look a little like Tom Holland, I'd say. Who could pull off his, like, sweet mustache, though? That's the real question. And those zany lines that he always would say, like, with such enthusiasm is what I'm um, trying to Hanks. get at. Like, who'd you say? Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're just, you're just oversaturated with Tom Hanks. I get it, but uh, he can do it. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Who? That'd be a good way to get him back on that Oscar buzz. Well, he's already going to get it for um, Mr. Rogers, so it's right, easy that's up true. on the Oscar buzz with Tom. What about, yeah. um, oh gosh, what's his name from Breaking Bad? Yes, I can I can Brian do Cranston. Brian Cranston. Ooh. I'm assuming you mean him, not the kids. Yes, yes. Yeah, what about Brian Cranston? I can see that. What about the guy who plays like Better Call Saul? Like that guy. Oh, Odenkirk? Yeah. You mean the uh, writer for SNL and one of the executive producers of The Simpsons? <laughs> Thank you. Sure. <laughs> we definitely needed that background on We've already got the Disney relationship yeah. started if you made The Simpsons. That would be an interesting... I could. I wouldn't hate that. Yeah. Um, okay, well, well there Patton. we go. Get, make it. Make it, Disney. I challenge you. Robert Pattinson. Okay, now. You've gone too far. (laughs) Hey, I don't... I I almost made a Dwayne The Rock Johnson joke, but... Uh, That wouldn't be a joke. Excelsior. (laughs) (laughs) Can you smell what Stan Lee's cooking? With the mustache. (laughs) Um... That said, oh, did you guys see? I, I hate bringing this up again, but like so many people keep sounding off on the Scorsese thing. They really it's do. Go, it's, like, everyone's still going. going? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think Kevin Feige has re- recently come out about it. I liked what, um, dude, somebody called him out in a big way. Uh, Mark Ruffalo. What did he say? Wow. That's pretty big. Because Mark, Ma- Mark Ruffalo recently said that. Dude, he's basically like, Scorsese caters to his audience to make money, too. Like, there are people who think Scorsese's films are trash compared to what old films are. And he's like, he's just mad that his mo- his movies are getting pushed out of the market. And he's like, he's like, you know what? If you want to say that other types of cinema or art and that Disney's ruining things, great. Go ahead and uh, push for the government to, like, create something or set up a fund or challenge Disney to do that. Because I guarantee you, Disney would do an artistic fund if you really wanted to. You don't care about like people making your kind of movies. You care about people watching your. Well, movie. it's just like I, I mentioned before. It's it, it's not like Scorsese doesn't isn't sitting in a box on his own as far as the type of movie he makes. You can pretty much tell what a Scorsese movie is. The f bomb is getting dropped. Violence is going to occur. You know, it, it, possibly Leonardo DiCaprio shows up. <laughs> on the time a large plan. chance that Leo will be there. And if not, they'll get their taxi driver. Which I will say, Robert De Niro. I like Martin Scorsese's movies. Yeah, I have watched many of them. I've enjoyed many of them. So, but it is it is like you said. It it is catering. He caters to his audience. And yeah, and I think there's certain truth. Like I'm not saying he's wrong. Like I like his movies. There's a world where we need both. But like that world is this world. Yeah. I do think something interesting that, that I just remembered. You guys remember, like, I don't know if it was one or two years ago, but the Oscars tried making uh, best, yeah, best like, popular yeah, movie popular, category. Yes, and I'm glad they didn't. I don't. I so, don't. like, they're almost the Oscars were honestly trying to do what Scorsese right. said. 
like essentially that it's not right. Cinema there are cinema like the films, other movies, yeah, and I'm glad they didn't. But here's the thing too about the Oscars. Every every um kind of studio they submit who they would like to be considered too, you know, for best picture, for best actor, for for right. you know each countries. China submits its best foreign film for right. the Oscars. I mean, so the popularity thing sort of comes into it as well, um, you know, because it's it's not always that you get the artistic or the the small budget film winning things i mean every now and then you the, the yeah. netflix one oh uh um um it completely escapes me now spanish language film netflix did it there's a big i know what you're talking big about. stink about it because they said well it didn't release enough in theaters therefore it's not cinema or something like you know yeah it's a different yeah. era i mean movies come out in a different way you know what i mean like big actors are making films just for netflix well i think cinema is also running into a little issue with um competition with television um yeah the lines are getting well not not the blurring of the lines the i don't know remember who i read the article by but but they had an actor kind of talking about why you see some shift of big name, big name actors moving into some television stuff. One, you have the anthology style series of True Detective, etc., that that allows you to kind of explain a story in eight episodes. You have much more room to work with. You can get really gritty. You're not as worried about being censored. Um, and those feel those feel less like. TV shows and really just like extended big movies, really yeah. long movies. Um, uh, in Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio, he has an H.H. Holmes thing that was supposed to be a movie and ended up getting picked up by Hulu as like a mm-hmm. mini series, I think, or something like that. Uh, Disney owned, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and uh, uh something that uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show Euphoria Mm-mm. on. It's on HBO, and yeah, okay, it, Zendaya, Zendaya is I think. in it. That is a really intense show. I mean, it's one of those shows where it's like, I don't know if you you could get a a movie style of that released without people having an absolute, you know, HBO has always been a place where you can kind of go to push the limits to make that you know art that you wouldn't be able to otherwise. Hmm. I, I think in a post-Breaking Bad world, though, oh, like, they're Breaking not alone. Bad. Like, That's it's true. no longer no. just HBO. At least you're, you know, your post-Sopranos or post-Wire. <laughs> Come on, Breaking Bad. Well, those are HBO shows. I'm saying that other studios started That's making true. things besides just things HBO. A little grittier, a little... But, I, but I, think, I think HBO specializes in that. Everything from HBO I think is going to... That was their bread and butter, but I think there's a reason yeah, why HBO. But I think everything HBO bit. puts out has a little bit of that touch to it. You can't get something like well, that. And, and, but have you seen? Um, have you seen their new, um, his dark materials or darkest materials or something like that? The golden I haven't. Compass his stuff? dark materials. Yeah, golden compass. I've, I've watched the first two episodes, and I gotta say, I really enjoy it. I think it's a really good job, and it's not like super dark. It's not you know in a, like inappropriate. You could probably show it to your kids there's scary themes i would say but it's not you know sex and violence kids that can handle it it's not like it's, like it's not like objectively creepy, not okay, good for kids teens. would 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 kind of well, get it so kind of trying to steer this back to marvel yeah. and x-men and stuff have you watched anything else on disney, disney plus Marvel. besides captain marvel um, yes, I have. You know I have. And you know I watched The Mandalorian. I don't even know why you're asking. I I, I didn't know. I haven't seen The Mandalorian. Have no. you watched it? You, you haven't? You know I'm not a huge Star Wars guy. What? I don't care. What you, everyone's a huge Boba Fett guy, I though. Are you, are you a big Marvel guy? Who, me? Yeah. I don't know how you're spinning this, but yes. Well, Marvel makes Star Wars comics, mm-hmm. and Thank also... You. The guy who made Iron Man also made The Mandalorian. Just putting it out there. If I watched everything, so point have you Disney watched made, it? Yes, and I, I loved also it. loved it. I was 
Also, when we're off the air, we're going to talk we're about just... Watchmen. What? What? My, I fair- don't like. I don't like advertisement. Watch Watchmen. Oh, no, okay. In fairness, yeah. my Disney Plus has been overtaken by my child. There's been a lot of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Don't worry, my 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 son watched Frozen today, which not not something Katie supports in this house. Really? She does not. I like can Frozen. see that actually. I've been watching Wolverine the X Men cartoon. Oh yeah, dude. Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up. I've been. I I I kind of like was like, hey kids, this. This was mine. This was X-Men. So I showed him Night of the Living Sentinels during uh, Indoor Recess. Okay. And? and then I was like, okay, so this is like what I liked. And I was like, this is what you'll probably like. And then I then I told him about Wolverine the X-Men. Like, my kids are like binge watching it. Yes. You know it's, it's a great show. Yeah. My, my, my oldest son doesn't care as much for the X-Men show. I keep trying to force it on him. Loves the Spider-Man cartoon from the 90s. Thinks that's great. But it could be because he recognizes characters, too. He goes, oh, that's Kingpin. That's right. his own. So, you know. But. Well, I try Wolverine the X-Men. It's a little more, like, faster. It just, like, has that more modern art style that well, might I also, hold his attention more. Balls deep in Darkwing Duck. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I, I, oh I, man. Is that on there? Yes. And I played that. If, Let's get dangerous, guys. Well, I was like I told you guys before in our chat before we started recording, I've basically accomplished all there is to accomplish as a parent. My two year old can identify and name Nightcrawler. So it's like I've done it as a father is done. It's It's I've achieved. You can leave the camera. Last Disney thing I got for you guys. Did you guys check out that Marvel like uh, where we're going thing that they have on Disney Plus? I have sort of followed what they've been doing i I know a lot of the shows coming out and i am really excited for a lot of their marvel tv shows they just released a ton of concept art and talked about the announcements and stuff yeah and um, the hawkeye show looks david aja art style 100 percent. that's awesome uh there there is one it's very kate bishop heavy and what's that i'm really excited for and i I just I, i wonder how they're gonna do it Moon Knight? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And he said that he's a guy, a mercenary, who uh, is from Egypt, who may or may not have Egyptian god powers. May or may, yeah. So That's, that's how he said it. Kevin Feige said he may or may not. Also confirmed, Ms. Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight will be in the MCU going forward yeah. and will be in movies after oh, their shows. It's and like, may or may not contain Leonardo DiCaprio, may or may not have Egyptian <laughs> god powers. Um, have you guys looked at WandaVision? It looks it looks crazy. Uh, yeah. based, based on Tom King's vision run. Right. Yes, so it's almost like um, she creates her own world, isn't it? I think she brings him back to life or, or pulls him out of time or something and yeah, creates something kids. Weird. and Yeah. It's gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna be eight kids, baby. Young Avengers. And, and, but but I respect that. I, I respect that they're willing to kind of go onto these weird comic runs of it. Um, and also, I saw your note here, but Baron Zemo with the mask. Yeah, man, looks cool. That I'm I'm into. All right. Um, that new Quentin bold theory of the day. They're not going to call it Young Avengers. They're going to call it New Avengers. That's fine. Oh, what, wait. Are these New Avengers going to rebel against Krakoa? Fighting Professor Xavier? I hope. <laughs> no, um, but seriously, I, I I think Ms. Marvel is going to be with them. I think they're going to be called the New I could Avengers. see that. I could easily see Ms. Marvel factoring in as a part of that. So um, it seems like that's the direction to go, and that this Ms. the younger teenage characters right. are going to be new which Avengers, one, and it's going to be Ms. Marvel. Now is is that um what's her um, Kamala Khan? Thank you, Kamala Khan. God, I, I was like, sounds like a politician. It's like Kamala <laughs> sounds like a politician. Um, and last thought, Kevin Feige, like all this awesome stuff he's doing. Did you know his greatest accomplishment has to do with the X Men, though? How do you figure? They cast Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and it wasn't coming together. And so they asked Kevin Feige back whenever he used to work for A.V. Arad as like a assistant pr- to the producer back in when they were making the first X-Men. And he was one of the people who helped them realize and get Hugh Jackman's hair to look right. Really? 
Because before that, they said he just had like a normal haircut and it just like he just didn't look right. And they, they, they were like, the hair. they nailed the hair. Yeah. Kevin Feige was making that Hugh Jackman hair look like Wolverine back in the day. Which I'll never was, accomplish anything greater. That, that was yeah. one of the things that they did that, you know, I remember the movie leading up going, how are they going to do that hair without it just coming off as absolutely ridiculous? They did it. <laughs> well, they did it. Thank you, Kevin. Um, Dane, that pretty much wraps up all the time we have for the news and stuff this week. Let's go ahead and jump on into this week's issues. This week, we have Fallen Angels number one and X-Men number two. Why don't you break down what happened for us this week? As always, we've got spoilers moving forward. So first off with Fallen Angels number one, we have uh, Quanon, who's keeping the name Psylocke, but seems to be struggling with her past, figuring out who she really is, and the fact that she apparently has a daughter. She receives a vision that she must kill this Apoth, and Magneto, the island's sort of de facto leader with Xavier gone, sends her off to Sinister to get off island. She recruits X-23, and they head off to find out that there's this new technological narcotic called Overclock that it seems somehow her young daughter is involved in. This quest leads them to a group of children that appear to be on Overclock who quickly die right in front of them. But one remains, and Apoth speaks through the child, warning them to stay away before the child swiftly dies. Psylocke vows to recruit a team to see this out until Apoth is dead. Memos in this issue include what is Overclock. And then in X-Men 2, Cyclops finds out that a new island has appeared near Krakoa, and Krakoa is moving towards it. He takes his kids, Prestige and Cable, to investigate. They fight some monsters and eventually some discover an Arako summoner. And after an explosive misunderstanding, Krakoa arrives to the new island, and they merge into one island as we learn the new island is... Arako, the lost island discussed in the previous issues of in what House and Powers. A loving embrace. <laughs> One could s- categorize it that way. Uh, the summoner we learn is actually the son of the Horseman War as he reunites with what I guess this is grandfather? Apocalypse. Uh, memos in this issue include the Arako summoner chart as well as the new island map. Thank you for that recap, as always. Kelsey, what do we think of this week's issues? I liked both these issues. Um, one, for Dane, notice they had less memos. They did, and they did. I actually, I actually, the long one that I normally dislike, the kind of thing of like the what is overclock, yeah. I liked the way they did it. I liked that it was spursed in with quotes from different yeah, people involved. and things like that. Yeah, that was, that was a neat way of... Of giving that information in a way that wasn't just, like, here's a written explanation of what it is. Like, you got to hear about it from the point of view of other people. And, and sure, and, those pe- people have, like, you know, biases and everything. But that's part of what storytelling is. Mm-hmm. And and they also, they do a good job picking up kind of right where you left off as far as Xavier is dead. Uh, you know, and Magneto is sort of sitting himself into the leadership role and... It, uh, with, with fallen angels sort of telling Psylocke, oh, no, you are not allowed to leave the island, but hey, you know, Sinister might be able to find your way off, but but I didn't tell you that. Um, yeah, he pretty quickly takes that throne. Like, literally, he's sitting in the big chair. Yes. Yeah, as now, he should. Is there no points for the big chair? I feel like no, Magneto should get no points, points for the big, for the chair. big chair. <laughs> All right! Just saying, big chair. Um, it's only one. Now, Somebody's got to sit in it. I'll also say this. see your guy standing up. But don't see, don't see, don't see your guy on the throne, man. My guy is the throne. Cipher. Maybe, maybe oh, if this were, what do you think that it, throne is made out of? We, we didn't draft Game of Thrones characters. You don't get mega points for sitting on the throne at the end. Um, <laughs> one thing I'd like to point out too, X Force set a darker tone, and, and I feel like Fallen Angels is going to set an even darker tone. Like, yes, it's a very mature comic, because when you guys were talking about Psylocke's daughter, I was under the impression that Psylocke's daughter is dead. I mean, I thought she died. Yeah, I'm yeah, with you. I'm under that impression. 
If and she is, I don't know that she knows that, though. See, I thought she was because she watched the video. Yeah, wow. I thought she knew it, too. Of the, I thought this was like a revenge quest. Yes. Like that, that, that was, that was what I got from it. Um, and I, I like the X-23's attempts. My daughter has strong opinions on Fallen Angels. Yeah? yeah she does. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed them both. I thought, um. The X Men one had a great little family dynamic with with the Summers Clan, and and I'm it, I'm feeling more that that the X Men series is going to be heavy Summers oriented, um, at least this initial arc for but, sure. But I also like what they did with Apocalypse. He felt more relevant now. Like him being on the island is making more sense. You're like, oh, his game plan is much deeper than everyone else's because he has so much knowledge of this island and a yeah. previous island that he ties in he in a, a historic way yeah. that nobody else can. And, and the great enemy, whoever yeah. the, the enemy is that they're talking about, he knows who it is. So I, I think that's a huge, that's a huge moment. In it. And, and I'm surprised none of us drafted apocalypse. Did we? Did someone no, happen? no, he was, I had him on my list consider, but I was going to say, it was him or Magneto for me. I was going to say, I think it's you're right about the darkness of X-Force and then Fallen Angels because I, I wrote something down that I was like, in all honesty, Fallen Angels should be called X-Force. X-Force. It is the more X-Force one. It's, the black, it's truly black. We're like, right. No they're doing. The, is even, even saying they They're exist. doing. Right. They're, their existence is denied. They're doing the things that other people can't. If Fallen Angels should be X-Force. X-Force should be X-Men. And then X Men should be called Summer's Vacation. Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, let's go to Hawaii next. You've never been, right? It's oh, it's hey, literally the Summer's family going on these family trips. I'm I'm a summer right. school. Whenever they had a school, Ooh, just saying. And I enjoy. I've been enjoying Cable, by the way, as well in these these last couple. Really, of kid, kid Cable, Kid Cable, much better than the the. I want to trade the gun. He was more like. I'm still cable. Yeah, I'm having a hard time telling if he thinks he's an old man or a young kid. Yeah, I cable has yeah. been one of the characters I have not settled in a good place on yet. I, I liked him in these last two. These last two issues where he's just more But the problem is they're they're to me they're totally yeah. juxtaposed. Like, is cable this like child that you know sets the table for his family and asks his mom if he can trade guns or is he so ingrained of a soldier and a killer that he can't be that he can't sit still what? on this island i mean specifically these last like x-men 2 and right. fallen angels but to to point to your comment about him you know setting the table and the trading the gun my thought also becomes kids are often different who they are they're, they're different in, in sure. their behaviors at home as opposed to in school or with friends or at you know i mean hell yeah think of your well, but he's not a kid he's a teenager but, yeah, but at the very yourself no, at work you're, you're absolutely right you know what's the, the 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 ben stein quote from the mask we all wear masks right but it's just it's yeah. such a stark change because like if you really have that thing inside of you that we're looking at with Psylocke and X-23 and supposedly Kid Cable. Like, if you really have He is a, the hunter. He's the a, soldier. A know? killer's heart. If you are a soldier so far to your core that you can't be anything but, can you really be this, like, lighthearted child that gets portrayed? For a time being, you might be able to. I don't know. Maybe. It's just, he's the one that I've, I've seen... I haven't seen enough to to think that I like this character yet. Well, this is a good opportunity to talk a little bit about continuity because we're talking about how Kid Cable and um, maybe that it doesn't all blend together very well. But what do you guys think of them acknowledging at least like as acting like Professor X's death is going to stick around? You guys think bold call is Xavier going to stay dead? No, I don't know how he could. I mean, you're going to have to explain to us why you're not using your resurrection machine. 
Like, because you spent so long building it up. That would be a fantastic plot twist if that was just like, now it's off the grid. (laughs) It could, but you, I mean, that would have to be a story. Yeah, I I really do. I think they'll be bringing him back within a couple weeks. Um, The way this one seems to uh, Fallen Angel seems to have taken place almost directly after. Right. X for so it takes time to grow them. I know I know they're doing it faster now, and it may be more difficult depending on the individual that they're trying to create as well. And it seemed ex- um, oh good yeah. Well, I was just gonna say like I'm I'm looking at like the continuity of things and thinking about it from that lens, and fre- that they could handle like when these issues come out, Professor X is dead. Like a, a has to happen before B. But I think like some of the nuances of like characterization have definitely slipped. Yeah. Like with certain characters, the way they're written and presented. Because I don't necessarily feel accurate. It was weird reading these two at the same time because Fallen Angels very clearly takes place immediately after Xavier dies. And it feels like X Men doesn't because it is so lighthearted that that doesn't come up. But that's not a big overarching story plot. Which, hey, theory, question, theory, thoughts. In Excalibur, you have Apocalypse. Apocalypse trying to put gates into other places. Could he also be seeking to put a gate into that other realm that Arako? Isn't that how you actually pronounce it? I don't know. It's written. Do we know how to pronounce it? <laughs> Arako? I'm pretty sure my spelling was correct. Yeah. I'm not sure how to pronounce anyway, it, though. Is he trying to put a gate into that other side? You know, where... Obviously, um, the summoner's mother is is at the moment and things like that. That little tear. Well, that, I think it's on the table. That memo specifically says, a summoner of Arako can bridge the uh, chasm between the lost island of Arako and the land beyond the wild borders of Otherworld. Mm-hmm. I don't know... I, I don't know how their planes are set up or what now, but it seems interesting that Otherworld has come up is a part of yeah. this. Well, and staying on the same beat though, Apocalypse is a character that definitely looks visually different in Excalibur versus yeah. his X-Men it's appearance here style. and kind of acts different a little bit I, to a degree too. Like he that. definitely doesn't seem as sorcery. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think it just matters for what he needs to be, but I mean, his main interaction with this one is with somebody called a summoner. Like I still think that's a pretty magical tie yeah i i have some thoughts on hickman and summoners but before before we get into the specifics of that i i just thought it was an interesting like look at like we just got done talking about these disney plus shows and stuff and how the mcu has managed to keep a voice that seems pretty consistent and resonates through the movie lines and tv shows have different directors and different writers kind of taking episodes but they're in the same writer's room they kind of tried to take that approach and put it with Don of X. And I think it just shows that comics are like so writer and artist driven that I think it's a little harder to blend. Yeah. It, it seems like maybe Hickman is just giving, he's likely giving plot points. Like you must hit X, Y, and Z and be aware that, you know, A, B, and C have occurred for your issue, that these issues. So work around this. And, and yeah, you know, at least that's what it comes off with me as far. Yeah, as- I'm because I'm sure you do have to give some kind of guidance for that overarching, uh, you know, path that things are going on. So let's get in the Fallen Angels a little bit. The we get the Psylocke, uh, Captain Britain. What you guys think of Quanin's decision to change names? You've talked about Dane how that is a theme with this Don of X line that people are trying to determine their own identity and really take control of that. What do you think of her choice to be Psylocke? Well, I think it's kind of interesting because, I don't know, in my head, I didn't see it as a change of name. That in a lot of ways, that's her name. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that part of who Betsy was in some ways is still kind of who Quanon was. And so it's like that, you know, sort of the the ninja. I don't know what you mean by that. What do you mean? Because to me, it's like she mentioned being a slave in a body and it seemed kind of weird to like want to identify as 
that part of your life that you didn't have control over. Well, because over. even now that she, they're separated, that they're different, that she is the, the, the psychic assassin. You know what I mean? That Betsy is now the, the proud shining beacon Captain Britain. And so Quanon is keeping the, the title that's more in line with what or who Psylocke is. Well, to me, Quanon, Quanon, uh, I, from a reader perspective, I get that, but like, she's just, you're right. She is the assassin. So like, why isn't Quanon the more appropriate name? Like, no, I, like, I don't like Psylocke I get, is, I get what you're saying erotic. is that there's in some ways it's, <laughs> it's what makes sense to the character and what makes sense for the reader. And I think from a reader's perspective, when you look at Quanon, you see Psylocke. Yeah, I 100% agree on that. And it will be it would be confusing right. for me to call that character who looks like Psylocke right. Quanon. Like I, my instinct is always going to be to call her Psylocke. Yeah. And I get simplifying you, that. I think if you I look also, at Betsy now, she looks like Captain Britain, like the uniform and everything. And so I think that's a yeah. little bit of just simplify, like you said, simplifying the storytelling and the the visual names and what that means. Yeah. That one you're right may mean a little less to the characters and may just be more the story. Yeah. It, it, I'm not going to lie, it felt a little lazy to me. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I mean they got a lot to do in the story, but it's like Yeah, okay. I, I think it's in some ways it just kind of keeps with the reader's mental continuity. But we got to call apocalypse some mutant oh, name that we can't, right, can't say, pronounce just so we're clear. So from now on we're going to refer to Name that we cannot translate. Yeah, the artist formerly known as Apocalypse. Hey, with umlauds on the side. Uh, bless you, Dane. I noticed you. You <laughs> the said old, the old side <laughs> umlauds. Otherwise known as colon. Yep. Shut yeah. Up. What do you guys think of the idea of this like robot drug, computer based drug? I like it. It's cool. I mean, it's it's a new. It's, a, yeah. it's some. It, it gives them some it, kind of a purpose. It also. Yeah. It, I I definitely want to reread this issue. For me, it was kind of hard. The like, I I got the gist that there's this drug they're targeting children, like young, maybe preteens, with it, and uh, it's causing them to do like get a little bit of mind control potentially in there. Well, um, I like um, this one establishes a villain, which is kind of cool. Like right from the start, first issue, we're like, we have a bad guy for this team to fight. Bad God. Right. Well, that that villain, though, fits in with the narrative of humans are have been secretly trying to evolve themselves all this time, that they are the enemy because they will they their technology will allow them to outpace mutants. Right. The X2 and X3 storylines from yeah. Powers. Yeah, that that this this may be your start on that Nimrod train because I feel like eventually towards the end of this Nimrod shows up towards the end of this this arc with all of these Nimrod will show up and it, you know whether I don't know someone becomes Nimrod or they create him physically I don't know or who does it but well, that, I, I've told you what I think mine is they I mean they were trying to make the Nimrod, but then like had to hurry it up to the point where they were like, oh, this might make the robot insane. Oh, and then yeah. it got dropped into the sun. Like that seems like supervillain 101. Yeah, Nimrod comes from the sun. Right. He's a robot that got yeah. brought online too early and dropped into the sun. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think we haven't seen the last of Hickman's Nimrod for sure. I'll say the thing about uh you had mentioned that you you kind of don't like you don't like the name thing for me and maybe it's just because of the books i was reading before this this doesn't feel like x23 to me well i guess i take that back it feels like x23 it doesn't feel like laura kenny to me like she's had two solo runs recently that i've loved and it's it's given so much growth and depth to her as a character and it's almost like they kind of decided well not everyone may have read those, and so we kind of have to ignore it, sort of start over. 
Because like this doesn't feel the, yeah. the Laura Kinney that I've read isn't in a place where it's like she has to keep moving, she has to keep killing. Like it's been all about putting trying to put that behind her, being more than what people made her to be. And she's gotten so far down that path, this kind of just feels like a complete restart. Yeah, I I mean, I think that's one of the things where they're trying to do a launching point and Hickman kind of ignored I mean, Hickman is notorious for right. ignoring like where characters were. We've literally had characters go backwards. But I think with his, I, I don't know, maybe this is an X-23 who the latest download they had was that. And maybe that's that time. If that's the gone. case or whatever it is, I just think it's a real shame because those were two really good runs. And it was really fun to see that character develop. And I am going to be sad if that's just completely ignored. Well, here's what's great about a book. And... There's no, it's not like uh, X-Men where it was hidden until now. We finally got Disney Plus. Like, if you want to go read those, do them. I think you're talking about the all new Wolverine run. And then I think there was an X-23 run after that. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 So look those up. It'd be like since 2017, probably. Look up her solo comics and go read those because I'm sure they're great. They got the Dane endorsement at the very least. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And also I'll plug X-Men Red. She is featured in that and reflected those changes. I felt like pretty well. Yeah, that she has become in some, and it was it was cool that it moved from being Wolverine to being her, you know, who her own self. That and that's kind of reflected. She says it in this one about like getting out of the shadow of Logan, but it's like I feel like she's already done that. So that's yeah. I don't know why that's still hanging on her. Well, but also Wolverine's been resurrected recently, and maybe it brought those doubts back. I guess it's just, and this was a very Psylocke heavy story. So maybe we just haven't gotten to explore that, but it just, it feels to me like she is in a place now or should be in a place where those aren't the kind of things bugging her. Yeah. Um, Kelsey, uh, Kid Cable and uh, X-23 are both parts of this new team that Psylocke is putting together. What, uh, who would you like to see them recruit? Hmm. You know, I haven't really thought about that. I mean, it seems to be. Wonder if your your boy Phantom X could come back, Dane. Eh. Uh, I don't think if he is, I don't think he can come to the island, though. You don't think he's mute? Doesn't cause mutant because he's uh, organic sentinel. Yeah, that this was kind of specifically addressed uh, on Twitter uh, a while back. Is that Danger would not what be if, a resident of the island because she does not carry brought, the X gene. Um, either Mystique into Fallen Angels or. Uh, if they drug him out of whatever never-ending pit he's in, you bring in Sabretooth. Mm, that's a good question. That's a good I point. I think both of those because would you're, be you're looking for more additions. Revenge and revenge-themed individuals. I mean, they... and it's definitely an unsanctioned team. So letting yeah. Sabretooth out yeah. would fit that. Especially now that Xavier's not, or, you know, like that, I could see that being the kind of thing that Magneto's sort of like, all right, well, dad's away. Yeah. We'll pull the big toy out. Or, or the underestimating yeah. what Sinister's willing to do right. kind of element. That's that's what I'm kind of interested to see is if Sinister ever becomes something more than the man in the chair for this. Well, I'm wondering if he is way more than it. Right. Like, not I'm to wondering be- if he is something to do with this dark god that they're dealing with. That if, if he's, in fact, maybe the one who gave the vision or something like that. Yeah. Um, so lots of developments here. We'll see where it goes. Uh, other thing I've noticed, the, the panels in this comic are a little different, like very stylized. Uh, a harder comic to follow, so I want to read it again as well. The art and the even just the way the pages are set up are far more distinct. This book stands out from all the rest in that sense. And I think that's good because if any of them should stand out as being significantly different, this is the one. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and transition over to uh, X-Men. And uh, what'd you guys think of the Summers family? Did you like this cast of characters we had? I did. I, I, I did like it. I, I really, when I started it, I thought I wouldn't. I'm like, hey, who wants to go with dad to explore the <laughs> island? But yeah. as things progress, I was like, oh, this is this is a fun jaunt. Okay, you know, yeah. It's ta- you know, what what else would, would Cyclops have to bond with his kids? It's not like he has, like, real hobbies. So right. <laughs> this is what he's got. I don't, I don't know how I feel about dad Cyclops. I, you know, I didn't. 
the first run of this, I was kind of the same as Kelsey, is that I was like, this seems goofy to me and like dumb. But you're right. Like we've part of it is we've never gotten to see the X-Men in a place where they're safe, where they have the time and the yeah. ability to do these kind of things, to develop and have these, you know, more personable sides to them. That it's so much of the X-Men in the last 20 years has just been survive. And so, well, and Cyclops has been so, is someone who is like deserved it kind of thing. Like it's someone who is wanting to actually take advantage of what it for them is relative safety. I mean, yeah, they're going to weird monster Island, but they're like, okay, we can handle monsters on an Island. Someone isn't actively trying to annihilate us every, you know, 30 minutes. Of right. It's life. not, a, it's I can actually talk about, Oh, Hey, would you guys like to take a vacation? Right, It's not like a constant ex- extinction event happening. It's just like, okay, we can go to an Island and shoot some plant monsters and rhino things. Watch it make Island love. <laughs> Island love. The purest. No, he doesn't let, let him watch. He covers his eyes. <laughs> what, what about like, what, what's Rachel Summers, uh, new superhero name or whatever. Prestige. Dude, I have a hard time with that. Like Worldwide. her name's prestige. She's Rachel Summers, and she has spikes in like red. Like I, I don't know. She just seems so ridiculous to me. What? What about? She has a code name. She's a Summers. Oh, Pre- Prestige just has this like positive. Like it's like a girl who's wearing like you know like dark like spiky collared like armor, and then her name's Prestige. It's just I wish she would doesn't seem ditch right. the spikes, but it's not dark. She wears like red and orange and black I, black base. What? She doesn't wear black. She's like red and orange. Yeah, what? Okay, sure. I, I don't know. Rachel just bothers I, me. I, I, don't like I her wish she would ditch the spikes. I like the collar, though, because it's a cool reminder of who she was, like where she came from as part of her character. But the, the spikes are a little too edgy for me. I agree with that. Yeah, I, and um, I just find I'm her like, very confusing my, my. backstory. Isn't she Days of Future Past or something? She is from the an alternate. She was a hound. She was used to hunt mutants yeah. in the future. Okay, and step off because she was dating Nightcrawler recently. Of course, she but was. not anymore. So it's okay. Broken, but she's also like Cyclops's daughter, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's slightly. I mean, every Kid every, Cable doesn't. I'll say everything you're reason. saying applies to Cable equally. Yeah, well, and I, I'm not a huge fan. I think Kid Car- Cable's characterization's been, like, iffy, whatever. But, you know, I, I there's positives. Everybody's got a take on Kid Cable, it seems, and I, mean, I can let it go as long as they're consistent with I think they've made an attempt to fit Rachel into the story. In a, I think they may try to be, you know, fit the peg into the hole, and maybe it's missed its mark a little bit, but I think they're trying to move towards that to just make her an X-Men. Yeah. Did you guys see this uh, like plot reveal of the island like joining together? Did you think that we'd get to see Araco this fast? No. no. I mean, no, it's nuts. Not like immediately, this huge plot thread just jumps right on the island. We haven't even we haven't even had like three issues on the island yet. We we knew it was coming because you know of the the intro to it, but. Yeah, the fact that we're like, oh, okay, so, all right, they're already joining up. Oh, wow, all right. Now it felt happening. like a thread back in Hoxpox that, like, okay, we'll get this in six months. Like, something will come out. The, the, maybe after the first right. event but we're, comic. Like, then we're going to we'll give, this. you know, we're just going to tease something. Or even Hickman just saying, maybe I don't necessarily have plans for it, but I'll leave it there for somebody else. But... I mean, this was just, like, it was out of nowhere. And then once I'm like, okay, the island's moving, like, this will take a couple issues or something. Even still, it's pretty early. But then it's just like, oh, no, it's there. Which, I can't get over the fact that their island just moved. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, to me, I'm like, oh, okay, all those other nations around them have to be freaking out, going, wait, wait, your what? island also moves? Oh, it's a moving. It's like this is it's a moving. Why are you closer to China now? What's up with that? Yeah, please stop. <laughs> please stop moving your island. Um, I 
I thought this issue was interesting. I liked the whole adventure they went on and stuff. But, you know, I, I'll say, like, I didn't expect this storyline. But if you guys haven't followed Hickman stories in the past, the introduction of War's son being, like, this weird alien-looking thing that, like, like, there's always a look to Hickman's, like, creatures and stuff. that He, he always comes up with a creature that's, like, arbitrarily <laughs> not associated with what's happening. But it's like we got all these X-Men characters that we know and love, not to jam this thing in there. Yeah, like the Avengers, there was like this weird creator race, like these yellow people in their comic. And it's like, what the heck am I reading, Planet Avengers? And then in Fantastic Four, they're like, there's actually Neo-Atlanteans. And it's like, what the heck? He has these like traces of like Hickmanisms that are so funny. It's like, oh, here it is. It's a Hickman book. Well, truly alien creatures is, is like he's trying to introduce something that, oh, this is not just alien in in physical look, like he creates a truly physically different thing, but it'll also do, I mean, communication-wise. Like, the, the, yeah. this, this creature could not speak with them. And they're just like, oh, okay. And they're just talking at each other in their respective languages until, you know, prestige forces the link in his brain why is is it really that dumb compared to anything else uh, her no, dad's name is cyclops no i hear prestige she's wearing I think prestige worldwide <laughs> i mean now i just think of will ferrell and john c Riley. That's, <laughs> that's not going to do anything to help you taking this more seriously no no it won't i i was just referring to her as rachel summers yeah but once again, the Hickmanisms, the abstract entity that we can't understand and like the dangling plot threads that go with that. It's, it's very Damon Lindelofy and it's like very Jonathan Hickman-y. Yeah, but uh, Apocalypse seems to understand. Yeah, he does. Well, yeah, I mean, because it kind of goes back to the fact that he, yeah, I mean, it's it's his grandson. Yeah. Like he, he speaks of the horsemen as his children. Yeah. And we still don't know who the dad is. Well, I mean, it's war. Who's the original war? No, I think war was a woman. Well, okay, then. The, well, it's it's definitely a woman because he talks about mother. Yes. Yeah. Who's who's the dad? Well, it could be Krakoa. Oh, I see what you're saying. Or sorry, or I forget what this one's called. Arako. Arakos. Arako. Well, it could be something from the other side, from the other world. That's true. Well, no. Well, I, I guess it's true. Yeah. Good point. Um, all right. So do you guys think like there's a secret meeting in the woods? Like you guys think this is all hush hush? Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is bold call is apocalypse going to do a heel turn again? Or do you think that apocalypse is just going to continue to be good? And this is all just kind of like um, trying to get you to doubt him. I think apocalypse is approaching uh, a, a Galactus level of, he is neither good nor evil. Um, that his his thought process directive isn't isn't based on uh, uh, morality, normal Western morality. Yeah, that he is, it's progress. He is it's progress. It's survival. It's survival of now directly his children. You know, and and remember, he believes himself to be the father of all mutants, basically. I mean, so when yeah. he says things, you know, about, you know, I will save you and I will save all my children. Well, all his children could mean everyone on that island. I'm excited to see because I think you're right. I don't think we're going to see Apocalypse necessarily like full betrayal the way we may have seen villain Apocalypse in the past. But I do think he has something of his own agenda that doesn't entirely align with maybe the group. And I think that's, that's interesting. Even if it's not like somebody actively undermining, I think it is interesting that we have these X factor characters involved because I think he, he's this character for X-Men and for Excalibur. And then I think we're seeing sinister as a piece of that as well. in some of the other comics. Yes. I think, I think there's a pretty good chance though that apocalypse is all set up. And I, I think he's loyal to Krakoa. Like right. absolutely, and and has invested in its positive yeah. like growth and evolution. And I think at the end of the day, he's going to make that call to support that, and that's that could potentially play 
playing the things down the road. Any last thoughts on this uh, issue here? No, I mean, we've wrapped up Dawn of X and kind of moved into the the round two now, or the first run of Round of X, at least. And it's I think what's really cool about this is that all of these books stand out as something different. They all scratch a different itch, and I think that's really neat. Yeah. I agree. Um, I do think um, it's interesting to see how this head of exposition, if he's able to, like, shore up some of these like characterization differences and things like that. And there's a pretty good chance. We don't know. Like, is this whole thing going to go belly up and are the characters going to start to get a little too like different as it gets more complicated with more books in there? I think so. But I mean, I think that's always what's going to happen is we want these characters to become more complicated and for stuff to keep happening. Well, I think the fear is though, you have so many characters crossing over multiple issues that what will their character changes in one issue transfer properly to another issue or will you uh, be reading two different characters yeah i can see that as the kid cable will, effect as well my yep. kid cable always yep. be yeah will, will he be a different kid cable in the x-men compared to fallen angels yeah Here, here's the deal Guess who doesn't care? Marauders, because they're out doing their own thing. First, I'm off. on a boat, eh? and second off, they can't they can't mess up Wolverine. They can't do it. Like he's his. You know, you've got a character. Whenever, like, literally, it doesn't matter who's writing him. He's still Wolverine. Yeah, he'll no still be what. the same. They'll do. The same he's just so well defined. It's that like you can't one mess issue Wolverine can hate kids, and then the next one he's like a mentor to one. You're like, that's Wolverine. <laughs> that's my boy. <laughs> um that just about wraps up our issues i think we're all feeling positive um you know even me i don't i don't like the new run i don't like what they're doing it's like you know that whole like not my x-men thing but i love it because like i don't have to it doesn't have to be what i want it to be it just has to be it makes me uncomfortable it makes me uncomfortable like what they're doing because you're right it's i've spent 20 years of my life reading X-Men and it's like, these aren't my X-Men, but at the same time, it's like they're good stories and they're going in a cool new direction. So yeah, I, I, I've really enjoyed all of it. Okay. Boomers. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm just saying you get so many people who's like, uh, this doesn't reflect me and this doesn't reflect like what I want. And it's, it's like, Dude, like you, I don't know what I want. I want somebody to surprise I mean, me, and they're definitely doing here's that. Here's the thing, too. It's not what you want. If someone's saying that, there are so many issues now with so many different themes, like thematically speaking. Yeah. That how, how could you not find one of these comics to be up? Right. Go house? find what you want. Read that one. Yeah. Do you want noir street level fighting drug dealers? Okay. Fallen angels. There you go. You want more Tom Clancy esque? Okay. There's X Force. Have fun. Family oriented. But Kelsey, what does everybody want? More marauders. Bingo. Bingo. More pirates. Yes. Mutant pirates. That's what everybody wants. All right. Time to head over to the danger room and prepare for whatever it is that faces Krakoa in the near future, whether it be from internal or external. We're going to play another game of Marvel 20 questions. This time, we are going to have 20 questions to figure out what the person, place, or thing from the Marvel Universe is. Go ahead and start us off with your first question. Is it a character? Yes. Uh, Were they featured in this week's issues? No. Are they a mutant? Yes. Are they a man? Yes. Have we seen them 
on the island of Krakoa? Yes. Are they... It's five questions. Are they a good guy? Quote, unquote. Yes. Are their powers mental in nature? Mental or psychic? No. Are they a member or are they closely associated with the X-Men? Yes. Are their powers elemental in nature? Uh, Yeah. Are they famous from the 90s arc of the X-Men? No. That's 10 questions. Are they a featured member of one of the four books we didn't read for today? No. Elemental in nature. Do they come from a non-American country? Yes. What you thinking there? Uh, Sunspot or Sunfire? Both have elemental natured powers and they are not Americans. They are associated closely with the X-Men. They are men. So he, he, when we asked Elemental, he said, "Mm." Yeah. Uh, So my thought is those would be easily Elemental. Would you, would you consider Metal? Well, no, Sunspot would be a featured member of another team. Of one of the books we didn't read for today. Do you consider Metal an element? Is the non-American country Russia? No. Is the non-American... I don't don't like doing that. Is the elemental power heat related? Yes. Is the non-American country Japan? Yes. Is... The mutant, a highly beloved uh, character in X-Men Legends 2 for a certain friend of ours who likes things that are broken. Yes. (laughs) You took my question. It was going to ask if you could blow up every box in a room with one power. All right. uh, You want to lock it in? Go ahead. Is it Sunfire? It is Sunfire. Uh, Pick Sunfire for two reasons. One, Fallen Angels had the uh, Psylocke Japanese ninja character. Mm-hmm. And then we also had Apocalypse who made uh, Sunfire is pretty famously one of his horses of Apocalypse in both Age of Apocalypse and the Blood of Apocalypse storyline, um, which played through Messiah Complex. He was still like evil Sunfire. So that I just thought he connected both books. Good, good tie in. That's yeah. subtle, but you, you know, you can see the threads once you lay it out. Um, Sunfire also last week was barely look or you'll miss it. Kind of, uh, a small panel on the page where the Marauders show yeah. up in X-Force. He's like very in the corner of a panel for the first time, like walking off the boat. That's one of the people they picked up. Just enough that somebody would declare that they earned points for fantasy X-Men for appearance in a comic. Yeah. <laughs> he got an appearance, not, not flying. I, I hesitated on the elemental cause I, I didn't know if I would like somehow, um, it's a it's plasma, so yeah. it's like he, I th- he's I a think plasma. Right. I yeah. think so. Right. I just didn't want to like lead somebody wrong if they're like, "Well, he, he shoots plasma. That's not Is plasma." Really, an element. Yeah. So speaking speaking of the fantasy team, by the way, I was just going to go ahead and let listeners know we did attribute Kelsey a point for Krakoa's romance scene. Yes. Did, yeah. Didn't think that one was going to come through the entire run, but came, sure enough, right? the very first yep. day. Uh, guys, I'm going to have to get on that Common Sense Media and uh, put a little note about the uh, sexual parts of this issue. We're going to have to warn. Don't let your children listen. Krakow is yeah, getting Cover their off. eyes. Be a good father like Cyclops. 
<laughs> who has never, you know, neglected his children ever. <laughs> not once. They're not even neither one of go the future. Them. Neither one of them is from the right timeline, but he's a good dad. Yeah. It's true. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for this week's show. Thanks for giving us a listen. We'll see you next week as we read our next few issues in Don of X. See you next time. See you. Hello, fellow Danger Room survivors. This is Dane thanking you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to invite you to join the examination community by checking us out at our website and Twitter. We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast and get your suggestions for questions of the week and Marvel 20 questions. You can find us at examination.blogspot.com and on Twitter at examination. That's E-X-A-M-E-N-A-T-I-O-N.blogspot.com and at examination spelled the same way. While you're at it, Help us grow the community by giving us an Omega-level review wherever you listen to the podcast. See you next week.